What's up, everybody? We are the Jocks of All Trades podcast here for another Wednesday of Armchair GMs. Wow, we are at week 14 of the season. That is nuts. Uh, I don't even know how I feel about it. Like, like it just felt like it was like a blur. Um, so I apologize. We're not here live again. Um, we're just having a hard time figuring this out. Eventually, we're going to get on a good schedule, guys, and talk about it. Um, I haven't talked about this with Kyle yet, but I don't, I'm not sure I want to kill the show post football season and start talking about off season moves and stuff like that. Also to try to help you build up. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll see if we get reactions from you guys telling us if you want that or not. Um, but after the playoffs, it might change. A little could, bit. We'll just, see. could just be become a GM show. Talk about free agency and, and the draft and stuff. Yep. Instead of armchair GMs, just, uh, Plain old GMs. Plain old GMs, man. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, guys, you are veterans of the show. You know how the show starts out. Let us go right into Jock's grades. Um, I feel like there was an undisputed A this week. Um, George Kittle, welcome back to Fantasy Relevance, my man. He had 39.60 points as a tight end. That is better than anything Kelsey has put up this season, better than anything Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews, the best any, any tight end has put up all season. Um, and you're playing with Jimmy G, so that's kind of impressive. Um, did you have thoughts on that game at all? I, I, I watched parts of it. Uh, the only thing that stood out to me was Travis Homer getting a fake punt return for a touchdown. But, um, yeah, I didn't watch much of it, but it is good to see George Kittle kind of get back to relevance. And, and he's been banged up, and the whole 49ers offense is just – not kind of it's not what it was um you can clearly tell like jimmy's g is just there for a little bit till trey lance develops and you can kind of tell that um the running game really moves them so um mitchell's been in and out he's been banged up the running backs haven't been able to stay consistent so like their whole their whole offense is like in a state of flux i feel like um they're just a weird team because you kind of thought oh well you know we got some of these defensive players back and healthy. Um, Jimmy G is back, but really it's it's their whole team is just not finding a way to be consistent. Um, but it's good for this offense to get George Kittle back to relevance. If he's putting up 40 points, I mean, you kind of want I, – I love Debo Samuel. I like Brandon Ayuk, I guess. But George Kittle, he I feel like he is the offense, especially when you can get him involved in the running and passing game. So hopefully – for 49ers fans and the 49ers team themselves, um, they can figure out that George Kittle should be their focal point of the offense, and uh, this will help them move in the right direction. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I've been waiting for the Kittle breakout game. Um, I gave up a nice draft pick for him earlier in the season and then gave it up for another nice draft pick because I was like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then, sure enough, he showed up at the literal end of the season. But they still, um, still lost, so <laughs> it's still – Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're six and six. Um, they're not out of the playoffs, but um, they lost to a four and eight Seahawks team, who's also in a state of flux. So um, both those teams really need to uh, figure out their direction this off season. But we'll save that for the GM show, not the fantasy show. Um, right. <laughs> next is Justin Jefferson with thirty five point six points. My, Brad, I'll tell you what. Every time I see Justin Jefferson go off. Part of me is like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy because I have him and I'm never getting rid of him in fantasy. 
number two, Jalen Rager was picked a pick before him. And every time I see Justin Jefferson go off, part of me dies. So yeah. he's killing it. Uh, Thielen's out, I believe, probably for a while, I think. I'll have to, I'll have to check that. But um, every game I feel like he has the ability to just go off. Um, now, the Vikings himself just pulled a stinker and lost to the Lions. But um, 14 targets for him. That's crazy. That's an insane number of targets. I mean, look at their tight end. It's, it's Conklin. We know Irv Smith is out uh, for the whole year. Their next option is K.J. Osborne because Thielen got hurt. So, like, Jefferson is going to be their focal point the rest of the year. I have a question, though. Do you think that will hurt his fantasy stock? Because most teams will probably put their number one corner on him now. Do you think that's going to hurt him? I think think so but i think the majority of the targets are still going to come his way um it's just going to be harder for him to get that nice matchup that we look for um but i i don't think he becomes irrelevant in fantasy because of that i still think he'll be like a 20 plus point kind of receiver he already has 1200 yards seven touchdowns 78 receptions um uh, he's insane and if i could go back and do anything over again I'd go back to that draft class and find a way to get to Philadelphia and, I don't know, just choke Howie Roseman out. So uh, our C is Javante Williams. Another big game for him. What was it, last week or the week before he went off again? Um, I think it was last week. Yeah, so he's been showing some nice things for that Broncos team. Um they only put up nine points because, well, I think we kind of know what Teddy Bridgewater is right now. But um, out of the backfield, six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That's good to see. I think he's going to be – if he is number one back going forward, not just the rest of this year, but in future years for the Broncos, I think he's going to be a fantasy stud for sure because uh, he's shown that he can catch out of the backfield and do a lot of stuff. I think he's going to be very similar to an Alvin Kamara type. I really do. Maybe yeah. not quite as elusive, um, but I think he. I think he can almost get that. So um, it's just they need to find a quarterback. But um, yeah, who's our D for this week? Uh, D for this week. Uh, I, I was being a little picky about this one. It's Carson Wentz. He had thirteen point one two points against the Texans. Um, listen. It's the Texans. It's the Texans, man. You should have done whatever you wanted to do to them. Granted, yes, you have Jonathan Taylor. I understand that the Colts are going to run first. But, dude, like, you could have hit slants. You could have hit uh, post routes. You could have hit whatever. The Texans aren't going to stop that, man. Like, why he only had 13 points is, like, beyond me. Um, So I'll bash him a little bit because, like, Dude, you're not inexperienced. You know who the Texans are. You know how to make uh, bad defenses pay, and he just didn't. So I was kind of disappointed with somebody that's ranked a little higher in QB rankings than than people maybe should have him. Yeah, uh, he's not bad, but yeah, that's fantasy, not a good showing. Fantasy stats wise, he didn't do that well, but they really just tried to pound it down the Texans' throat. I mean, he only threw the ball 22 times, so. Um, fantasy wise, I think he does deserve a D, but I feel like more of that's just like, hey, we don't need you to throw it. Like, just take care of the ball, which he did do. 
Um, he had a 84 QBR, which is pretty good. 107 normal with the normal rating. So um, stats wise, I feel like he performed fine. Fantasy wise, yeah, he's fantasy projections for him. Just I feel like it's going to keep going downhill because um, you got JT. Like your whole offense is just going to be giving it to him. So you're not going to need Carson Wentz as much. Um, which which then hurts Pittman. It hurts Hilton. It hurts whatever you put in there as yeah. a Colts wide receiver. Yeah. Um, let me let me talk about that because because I wrote it and and I wrote it for a reason, and I know that I'm going to catch some flack for this, and that's fine. Um, my F is Tyree Kill. He had 4.20 points. Um, I know a lot of you out there are probably going to ask, why didn't you put Travis Kelsey there? Travis Kelsey didn't play well either. Okay. But at the end of the day, I don't care who Travis Kelsey is. I care about his position. He's a tight end. Tight ends are not going to be targeted like 10-ish times a game. Tyree Kill, on the other hand, who is the unadulterated number one receiver for the Chiefs, with arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever, like with him, you would expect him to have at least 18 on a bad day, not four. Four is pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic. You're playing the Broncos, man. You're not playing New England. You're not playing the Bills. You're not playing the Colts. You're not playing these like better defenses. You're playing the Broncos. Granted, Pat Sertain is a freak. I like Pat Sertain. Von Miller's not there anymore. You got nobody in the middle, dude. Like run slants. That, that's, just what, that's what you can do with Tyreek. Run a slant. Run him on the post route. Run him uh, just on a streak. It doesn't matter. You can throw it to him because he's faster than most people on that field. But for him to have four points, that's bad. Yeah, insanely bad. Again, I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. I don't know. It's the Chiefs' offense. I mean, I think anybody, if you watch it, it's like. Oh, I just, I mean, it's bad for like your ADP of like where Tyreek yeah. should have gone. Yeah, I mean, it's not not what you want him to get, but it's just figuring out why is he not getting these points? Why is Kelsey not getting these points? Why is Pat Mahomes not doing well? Like that whole offense just looks lethargic and. Not very inventive, not explosive. Like we thought I'll it was you, going to I'll be. give you a good word. Anemic. Yeah. Um I, I don't know. I mean, I think really I think Kelsey just I don't think he's as good as, as he once was. I really don't. Number two, if he's not as good as he once was, well, guess what? You don't have to double both Kelsey and Tyreek Hill now. Yep. You can probably put one guy on Kelsey and two on Tyreek Hill, slow him down. Um Get Mahomes rattled a little bit, and, and you find some success on defense. Especially if you can, if you have corners that can match up one on one with some guys. Which the Broncos, I'll give them that. Like Justin Simmons is a very good safety, and you're right, no one was as fast as Terry Kill. But I feel like from a corner perspective, they have some corners on that team that can match up one on one. So I think that's a little bit why Tyreek and Kelsey was just, you know, nowhere to be found. But once you don't have corners, like, yeah, they're going to take advantage of you, especially if you try to play one-on-one. So um, the Chiefs really need to figure out how to get these guys involved. Um, they're really just not – Pat Mahomes is not, like, checking the ball down. I can tell you that. He, he doesn't like playing that style. Even though the defense is like, hey, we'll give you five free yards every play, he doesn't like doing that. So – uh, he either needs to change his mind a little bit and Reed needs to coach him up a little bit more, or he can just really just try to force everything, every kind of ball 
into coverage and wing it. So uh, I'll be looking to see kind of what happens with that Chiefs offense the rest of the year. But they have one, I think, four straight. So um, fantasy-wise, yeah, both of them are kind of a question mark right now. I agree. Um, let us pop over to Sleeper Seekers. Um, what we give you last week, we're going to run through real quick. <clears throat> Alexander Madison, uh, no shock there that he went off. Um, every time he's come in for Dalvin Cook, he has probably performed better than Dalvin Cook has performed all year. Uh, he had 21.40 points against the Lions. Uh, I think he had almost an exact similar stat line the first time he played the Lions. Um, no shock. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, we told you pick up. He's on a bye. Can't really speak to that. We'll see how he performs this week. Um, Jamal Williams had nine points. Uh, not bad. Not bad. But actually, the passing game is what was used more in that game. Shocker. Uh, Kendrick Bourne has not played as of this recording. Um, so sorry. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say he's going to have like eight points uh, because the Bills defense is good and Kendrick Bourne is a hot and cold kind of player. Um, Foster Moreau. Oh boy. I love being wrong. So, so, so much. Um, Derek Carr. I really expected him to at least look at his tight end a little more, but Moreau had 4.40 points. And we did say maybe on Curtis Samuel, if he was healthy, uh, he had one singular point. Do not listen to me. Drop him immediately. Find somebody else. I don't care who it is. Find somebody else. (laughs) Um, with that being said, Kyle, you have this week's. All right, so our first sleeper seeker for this week is Kenny Gainwell. We've talked about him maybe twice on this podcast, picking him up, dropping him. I think it might be a time for you to pick him up again. Number one, um, Howard is still kind of hurt. I think they're on a bye this week. He's still a little bit hurt. Miles Sanders got hurt. Boston Scott barely played. Like um, Kenny Gainwell was healthy. Uh, he he showed the ability last game to catch out of the backfield, catch some passes, and then run pretty effectively. Um, he had 19.7 points. That's pretty good. Uh, maybe not a start, um, but if you see that Howard and Sanders are out and you picked Gainwell up, then you can probably put them in your lineup and project maybe 10 to 12 points. Um, Amon Ross Brown had 24.8 points, 12 targets against the Vikings. Um, that Vikings secondary, I feel like they've tried to get a lot better, but they haven't succeeded in that. Uh, but it is good to see him get this many points, um, even though it was from Jared Goff. Um, I don't think he's going to get 12 targets each game. I don't think he's going to get above 20 every game from here on out. Um, but I think what he did show you was that he can get you some good points. And he could be a good receiver down the line. Um, he really should be their number one target after Hawkinson. Like they drafted him in the third or fourth round. I feel like from a ceiling standpoint, he has pretty much a higher ceiling than any of the other receivers on that team. So if I was a Lions, I would target him more and get him some looks, get him some production, get him some usage. That way he can progress a little bit more quickly. Um, but again, I don't, I don't think he's going to get you the 24.8 points. But pick him up, see what happens. Um, Deontay Harris is next 19.9 points from the Saints he had 8 targets uh, well you know their quarterback their quarterback situation is pretty darn horrible Taysom Hill was trying to be Lamar Jackson out there but totally failed in that um, the Saints they just don't really have great receivers they don't have uh, reliable receivers Deontay Harris did show them something this last week 
Um, do I think you can keep it up? Probably not. I, I'm not going to tell you to to start him. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to get you 20 points because the rest of the year he's been pretty shoddy. He had 15 the first game. He had 10 and 14 in week four and five. Then 0, 8, 11, 10, 3, 1, and now 19. He'd have eight targets, which is his highest target total of the year. Um, that was against Dallas. So it's from what I'm looking at, it seems like he does decently against good defenses. So if you pick him up, I would see if I can start him against um, maybe the Jets next week, Miami week 16, and if you're still around, Atlanta week 18. But, again, it's it's not a for-sure thing. He's going to get you 10, 12 points. Um, I think he's projected to get like seven. So a lot of these guys, I'm sure you probably agree with me, a lot of these guys right now are just like if you desperately need someone because we're getting to playoff time, and most of these guys you kind of already know what they are. So unless you're desperate, most of these guys are kind of like stash away and maybe hold on for later. Um Tevin Coleman, we did talk about him, I think, on our podcast last week uh, when we were talking about the Jets running backs. He looked pretty good. Um, Tevin Coleman's just kind of – he's always in and out of the lineup and not a guy you can trust. If he gets a good um, start, if he can get like two to three yards of momentum, if the O-line can block for him well enough, he can get some power behind his legs. He becomes like a, a pretty serviceable running back, but the Jets O-line really isn't there yet. Um, it was good to see him get 11 carries. I would think that will go up um, if the Jets can, you know, play from ahead, but they really can't do that very often. So um, that 10 points might be a ceiling. Um, lastly is Jakeem Grant from the Dolphins. Had 17.2 points, seven targets, the Dolphins are alive and well, uh, very similar to last year. He started off slow, and then they kind of came on strong near the end of the year. Um, you know, I like Jakeem Grant. I've always liked Jakeem Grant. He's much more of a returner than anything. Um, and stats-wise, he's pretty low in fantasy rankings, if you want to look at that. Um, but he had seven targets, and... Uh, I think he had about seven targets combined the rest of the year. So, not a guy you can trust. Um, but maybe if this total, the Dolphins like what they see, they gave him some playmaking, maybe they'll get him the ball more. So, maybe pick him up, put him on your bench, just in case another Dolphins receiver gets hurt, because we know Will Fuller won't probably ever be back on the field. So, um, those are our sleeper seekers for this week. Again, a lot of these guys are just kind of spot starts if you need someone. I feel like at this point, you're right on the cusp, on the cusp of playoffs. You're in or you're out. So if you're out, you know, sorry about that. Um, if you're in, you kind of know what your team is by this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't trust any of these guys to carry your team. But we'll see next week what happens. Um, hopefully – Hopefully Gainwell and Amon Ross St. Brown can get you some good points, but the other three are kind of iffy, I feel like. Basically, our sleeper seekers for this week are like trying to patch the holes in your boat while you're trying to keep paddling. Yeah. Uh, so 
So don't don't put a lot of stock into a lot of them. Other than I agree with you, the first two, yes. But outside of that, uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Jock or Joke. Uh, we've had some comments, and this has been super helpful for people. So we're going to keep it going. Um, let's go first, Travis Kelsey. Um, that's hard. I, mean, I still think he's, even though I just said he's slowly regressing, which I still think he is. I still call him a jock. Like I feel like he's worthy of a ten targets per game, um, probably around like you know nine catches, seventy five yards, something like that. Which you know around 16, 15 points, which is pretty good for a tight end. He's still number one in tight end rankings. Um, it's just he really hasn't been. He hasn't had like the high, you know, high twenties, high thirties that you know occasionally he did in the past. So. Um, this last game was a disappointment, but he's got some good matchups uh, against the Raiders and against the Chargers uh, the next couple of weeks. So I'm still going to call him a jock, even though I think he might be slowing down a little bit. I agree. Um, seems like father time is kind of knocking on the door with him. That's how I feel personally, but could be wrong. Um, second is Derek Carr. Is he a jock or a joke at this point? Joke. Um, I, I've never believed in Derek Carr. Like him as a human, I think he's a really good human, good person, uh, a good leader. I think he has all the intangibles, leadership, work ethic, all that crap that you want as a quarterback. Hundred percent. I just don't think he's going to ever get you to where you want to go, and I don't think he's ever going to be a very great fantasy um, quarterback. So I'm going to call him a joke. That is fair. Uh, I'm right there with you on that one. Uh, let's go, T. Higgins. Oh, T. Oh, T. Um, man. We had a very good game the last two games. Yep. Um, I'm going to call him a jock. I think the Bengals, um, even though Mixon's a very big part of their offense, and he's always going to be as long as they have him. Um, Joe Burrow will try to make risky throws. Now, he gets intercepted quite a bit. And you've seen it this year. But he's going to give his receivers a chance, and that's what that's what I've seen from him. Um, 50-50 balls, he's not afraid to throw them. He really shouldn't be. If you have Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins as your guy is on the 50-50 balls. So, like, he's going to give his players a chance. He's going to give his receivers a chance to make some plays. And I think that's always going to be consistent with him. And T. Higgins is that 50-50 kind of guy, except he's, I think, a little bit more agile than most of the 50-50 guys out there, and he's a little bit better of a route runner. Um, I think he's going to be in the league for a while. I'm going to call him a jock. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I Truthfully, I, I picked him for a reason. I thought he was going to be uh, the elite playmaker out of that Bengals offense, especially when we started the – season with Jamar Chase saying, oh, it's hard without the things on the ball. Like, So, I mean, yeah, he, he still is, but I think he's forever going to get outshadowed by Jamar Chase on that team. He's going to have to accept being the number two option. Yeah. Um, how about Brandon Ayuk? We, we have talked about him a couple times, but he came on hot. He's been consistent, but is he – where is he? Is he a jock or a joke at this point? Uh, he's probably the hardest one on this list. Um. He was so – he was pivotal last year for the 49ers. Um, a little bit similar to Debo in terms of, like, if you get him the ball, it's not – he's not your prototypical receiver, but you have to get him the ball in a variety of ways. 
Um, it's sad because like this is Brandon Ayuk, even though he's been a disappointment this year, um, he's still much better than Jalen Rager is, and that's kind of what people wanted Rager to be. And I'm going to keep harping on Rager because I'm really pissed off about it. So, um, yeah, fantasy-wise, he's not consistent for you. I don't think he's ever going to be. But for the, for the 49ers, I think he is a jock still. I just think they need to get the ball in his hands. Again, who is getting the ball in his hands? Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think with a, a Trey Lance type of quarterback that's going to come next year, hopefully, um, I think they're really going to have to make it easy for Trey Lance and get the ball out of his hands quick, get it to different people, let his receivers do the work. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be have a big part to play in that. So right now I'm going to say joke, but I feel like he has the potential to be a jock. I agree. I, I was quite shocked at how he was used this year. So maybe it's just growing pains. Maybe it's just it wasn't what they were looking for right now. But they they do need to get involved. I agree with you to make Lance's job easier. You can't just have two targets because it's very easy to shut down a tight end and a receiver. We're seeing that right now with the Chiefs. So uh, they're going to need a third option because I think that third option is what will break them out, especially with a uh, untested quarterback. I guess that's the nicest word I can say because I don't like him. Um, so we'll move on. Uh, DK Metcalf is he a jock or a joke? He has had kind of a roller coaster year. Yeah, I feel like the whole Seahawks team right now is a joke. So I'm going to lump him in as a joke as well for right now um, just because I just don't trust him this year at all. Uh, with Russell Wilson back, I would think his fantasy stock should rise a little bit from week to week. But even at that, I just think the whole team's just kind of – it needs needs a rebrand, it needs a rebuild, reboot, whatever you want to call it. Um, he has a part to play in that, and he's part of the problem. Uh, maybe not part of the problem, but he's just – the whole team's part of the problem. Um, and, and he, coming out of college, he was labeled as a, kind of like a one-trick pony. And he has showed that he's not a one-trick pony. Um, I think the fall of Tyler Lockett a little bit, because he's kind of been nowhere to be found some some weeks, I feel like. He's been kind of a dis- disappointment, and that's kind of hurt DK, as well as Russell Wilson being out, as well as Chris Carson being out, as well as Pete Carroll being an idiot. You know, all that things all those things have a big impact on a guy like that. So um, I think he's getting the team's attention. I think he's getting the best corner on him. Like once a guy performs like that, like people notice you, you're not going to get easy stuff you did last year. So he's going to have to go back this off season and really like have a different game plan when he's attacking corners. Um, I mean, earlier in the year he was playing pretty well, but you know, in the last what, four weeks he's just kind of been a no-show so um yeah i'm gonna call him a joke right now but i think very easily next year if assuming russell wilson comes back but he might not if wilson comes back jock if he doesn't he might be a joke again agreed i feel like he's a lot of trouble without some stable leadership which would be russ at this point Especially uh, if Russ and Pete Carroll both go, then yeah, he's 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 trash. Yeah. He'll just be Antonio Brown too. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, let's go to trade bait uh, playoff edition. Um, we're gonna get you set here, and I think this will be the last thing we do for the night. Um, let's go playoff edition. George Kittle. Um, let me let me make the argument here for old Georgie George. Uh, and of course, my phone always locks out when I need it. 
It's just the fantasy app. Like, I feel like it crashes every five seconds. Um, anyhow, okay, so we talked about the two integral pieces of uh, the 49ers offense at this point, and especially in the past game. It has to go through Kittle. It has to go through Samuel. Um, if Samuel gets, like, kind of locked down, which he, like, kind of did on uh, a couple times this season, um, he wasn't active in this game, which really gave a lot of the leeway to Kittle um let's look at who he plays against let's look at week 14 they play the Bengals. week 15 they play the falcons week 16 they play the titans and week 17 if your playoffs are that long they play the texans you couldn't ask for a better matchup for a tight end in the playoffs um if he keeps doing what he's doing if debo keeps like out um i think kittle could be the monster that carries you i don't i don't know if you you agree with that or not but um uh, send in a trade, uh, running backs, running backs. Everyone needs a running back. If you've got an extra running back on your bench, if you feel confident about the health of the running backs you have, ship a running back. People don't want to hang on the tight ends. They don't like, because they're unreliable. Um, let's go to our second player, Hunter Renfro. Um, what a nice little surprise that he has been post rugs era. Um, he is currently sitting at wide receiver 21, uh, let's look at some other stats here. Um, he's been consistent. 13, 10, 18, 16, 11, 6, 12, 17, 17, 7, 21, and then 19. He's, uh, he's showed out when you need him. Um, and his target share has really been consistent. So I don't know. I mean, I'll be in the camp of, I think he is really useful. The past two games, he's had over a hundred yards receiving. Um, here's the only downfall to that. Uh, they'll play the Chiefs, the Browns, the Broncos, the Colts in Week 17. It's going to be risky, but at the end of the day, you and I both know Derek Carr is going to get the ball and going to get the chance to throw the ball out multiple times. Yeah, and he's not a with their offense right now. He they don't really have a, a big play threat. Um, and if you look at even Derek Carr's like yards per attempt, yards per completion, he throws short quite a bit. He's very he's a very accurate quarterback. But he really doesn't throw downfield that much, even when Ruggs was there. Um, so I still think he's going to find the ball to Hunter Renfro. I don't know if he's going to put up that 20 and 19. I feel like it's probably going to be more like 14 or 15 with these next few games. But that's still yeah. decent if he's your wide receiver three. Um, I, You know, if you have him, I, I look to trade him away, see if anyone, you know, wants a fire. Yeah, that's incredibly true. You could always get something that you're not expecting to get for him while he's hot. I'll uh, I'll agree with you on that. Um, let's go our third player here. People are not going to like me for this. Yes, I know it's the Falcons. It's whatever. But if I'm going to pick the most reliable player on that Falcons team right now, it has to be Corderell Patterson. I don't I don't care what camp you sit in. Like, a he's done way better than anyone projected that he was going to do. B, the past two games he's had over 10 carries, and he does get targeted quite a bit too. I mean, yeah, last week he played against Tampa Bay. What were you expecting him to do, go off for 40 points? Wasn't going to happen. However, here's where things get juicy. They play the Panthers. The Panthers have been a dumpster fire for a while. They let go of Joe Brady. I know he's the offensive coordinator, but you already know the offense is going to be in shambles. They're going to look to their defense, and their defense is going to fall apart. Um, they play the 49ers, then they play Detroit, and then in Week 17, they play the Bills. 
So week 17 is my only caution out of that. My only caution. Um, and honestly, Calvin Ridley is nowhere to be found. Kyle Pitts is really not doing everything that we thought he was going to do. Um, Russell Gage is kind of the only thing besides Patterson that's there, but even Russell Gage is not consistent. So yeah. if I'm going to pick the most consistent player for the Falcons, it's going to be Corderell. And let's be honest, Corderell owners might be a little frustrated with the past two games that he's performed because he's had 17 and 12. I would probably ship them a receiver. I would ship them a lesser running back and a pick, something. Pick up Patterson. Patterson might be the guy to carry you because he is he is the weirdest fantasy player right now. He, he's like a combo receiver running back. It's like the best of both worlds that you can get out of him. Push for him. Kyle, what are your thoughts on Corderell here? Um, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's probably the most consistent part of that Falcons offense. Um I think very similar to what I said about Brandon Ayuk and, and Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, like um, Matt Ryan's kind of getting older. Um, their receivers without Calvin Ridley don't have a big deep play threat. Kyle Pitts is a very nice tight end, and he's probably going to be an all-pro one day. Um, but they're they're catering the offense really to Corderell quite a bit because like they need to because Matt Ryan can't really throw them to a victory every week. Um, Mike Davis is not a 15-20 carry running back. No, He's not. No. Um, he's had a very, very good year. Um, the only game that's a little in question is against Dallas. But they were um, they got smacked in that game, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So not really worried about that. I mean, his matchups in the future really aren't you know crazy favorable, except for Detroit in Week 16. But um, – yeah, I think if you have him, don't let him go. Um, and I think if you want him, like go after him. I think he could really help your team out. So, um, yeah. My last player for trade bait for your playoff push, uh, Jalen Waddle. I know this is kind of obvious. Yes, he's sitting at wide receiver 10. Duh. I know. I hear it. I got you. I know this isn't like a diamond in the rough. That's fine. But let's let's be entirely honest with ourselves here. I don't think anybody thought Waddle was going to be the wide receiver 10 based on weeks one through five. Uh, consistent, sure, but it wasn't sexy until weeks like eight through 13. So nobody really predicted it. Yes, owners are going to hang on to him at this point, but look, I like Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki is not George Kittle. Mike Gesicki is not TJ Hawkinson. He is a good receiver, but he is not going to be that number one option on that offense. Let's go number two. Devontae Parker is not going to be the number one option on that offense. Um, freaking Will Fuller has not been here the entire season. So, like, who who else are they going to turn to other than Jalen Waddle? Like, Waddle is going to be the number one guy. Um, he's just going to get the majority of the targets. That's just kind of how the cookie is going to crumble. Um, let me talk about the schedule. Uh, week 14 is by. That's the suckiest thing. If you need that last week to get into the playoffs, do not trade for Jalen Waddle this week because then you're going to say, well, you told me to go get Jalen. No, I did not. Not for week 14. I did not hold out. Hit him between 14 and 15. That is when people like to – I mean, if you're still doing trades. This is where people like to make juicy trades – right before the playoffs. Kyle, I think last year, didn't you and I in my league, uh, I traded for Kelsey, and I gave you like a nice pick last year. Like people will do stuff because, look, my team is not going to make it. If I'm not going to keep them, might as well dish them for something good for next year. Most people are going to think that direction. 
And not a lot of people, I think, are going to keep Waddle. A few might. I might. Uh, but, I mean, it's not a, a number one, like, he's not yeah. gonna be the number one wide receiver. It's not I feel happen. like. I feel like if you're uh, if you're kind of out of it for this year and you still have trades and you, and you do you know year to year kind of thing, or if you do like, sorry, an every year kind of kind of league, then trading for Jalen Waddle I think would be a good idea. Um, he's the kind of guy that you force feed the ball to, but you don't force feed the ball him to him downfield, like. Here's where like a Julio, a prime Julio and prime Joan Waddle differ. Like Julio Jones, you always want to get in the ball. He's going to see a lot of targets, but for the most part, they're going to be like downfield in the middle of the field uh, targets. And they're not always as easy to catch. Why? Because you're going to get like two or three guys on you and they're going to be tough catches. You're going to be on the run, on the move and, and all this other crap. But Jalen Waddle if you watch the Dolphins, a lot of the passes that he gets thrown to him are kind of like wide receiver screens, short passes, ones that are like very easy to catch, very yep. you know wide open for and, and give him the ability to just run with it and do something with it. And I don't think that kind of game plan for Jalen Waddle will ever go out of style or will ever change because like you know what I mean. Like those are kind of things that you can kind of control. Now, if they stop doing that and, and just rely on him getting deep threat, deep balls downfield all the time. And, yeah, his production is going to go way down for fantasy because, like, it's much easier to catch a, a, a ball that's one yard downfield or behind the line of scrimmage than it is 50 yards downfield on a streak against a guy that's running toe-to-toe with you. So, And, and, and that's the meat of the argument, and, and that's exactly kind of where I'm at is that – let's think of it this way. Tua is great. Tua was great in college. Tua is a great player. Tua has not been put in great situations. So I don't think they're going to take away the easy pass for Tua all the time. I don't see it in the future. I don't see it now. There's no way they're going to abandon, hey, Jalen Waddle is fast in space. Let's just throw him out there with like three defenders in his own. Like you're not going to do that. You're going to give it to him. Let him make plays in space. That is the whole reason why I'm saying trade for him. If you've got keepers, keepers are great too. Um, let me let me make my last point and then we'll, we'll – uh, hop out here um but week 14 don't do it week 15 they play the jets and that already should tell you like chef's kiss week 16 they play the saints who are ranked 28th in pass defense and then even better if you go to week 17 they play the titans and the titans are sitting at the worst pass defense in the league so i'm telling you that i'm not as sold with everybody else as i am with jalen waddle being that one game changer for you because just just for the matchups, just for how he gets used, just for how many targets he gets like every game. Um, 114 targets. That's like nine targets a game. That's yeah, really good. That's insanely good. Um, so that's my final thought on him. Do you have any other thoughts on him? I, I kind of railroaded you for a minute. No, um, pretty much said everything. Um I think his production will probably, in terms of yards, will I, I would think would increase next year. Um, his targets might might go down a little bit next year because um, I, I don't think they're gonna be very reliant on Will on Will Fuller again. They're gonna get really tired of him um, being always injured, and I think they're gonna get a real running back this off season. Um, so, like, I think 
that he won't be as used as much next year. But when they have used him, like it, it's working. So like they're still going to give him the ball next year. But I think his, I think his targets might go down a little bit next year. But I still think he's going to be a very very solid pick. So yeah, he's he a freak, man. Of, I like him. He's going to be one of those sleepers next year. I feel like that like could wind up in the top eight, top five next year. Um, so we'll see. But. All right, hopefully that gets you all set for playoff week. Uh, sorry we can't actually be here again. Uh, promise we're going to figure that out and get it all set because uh, Kyle just changed jobs and now I'm changing jobs. So uh, our 5 o'clock runtime may change again. So uh, we'll keep in contact. We'll put out stuff. As usual, subscribe to us. If you don't watch through here and you want better updates on what we're doing, Find us on Facebook at Jocks of All Trades. We pretty much post there all the time on schedule changes, stuff like that. And uh, we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.